0: You are listening to Art Freaks. My name's Daniel Crosson. I'm an artist based in London. I'll be sitting down with a variety of creative people to find out why they make the things they make and what lessons they've learned along the way that will help you impact the world with your creativity. Today, we are joined by London-based digital artist, Peter the Roman. Peter the Roman has many years' experience as a fine artist and designer, but focuses much of his time on creating digital art that is unsettling and grotesque, yet it remains beautiful and it demands attention. Peter the Roman has had lots of success in the crypto art space, where he continues to attract loyal collectors of his work that's minted onto the blockchain. In his first ever recorded interview, we discuss those Banksy rumors, a difficult childhood, and the introduction of AI in the making of his work. Here is Peter the Roman. 2021 was an interesting time to jump on the roller coaster of crypto and NFTs and most of the artists I know did at that time. In terms of like how much crypto and NFTs kind of took over what you were doing. So what were you doing before? Uh, or when you found crypto and, and NFTs, were you making digital art before that?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, my, my background is more traditional painting and sculpture. And uh, I was a practicing artist for oh, about like 12, 13 years. And I had been doing digital work, artwork. I, I, I went from doing physical painting work to or digital work for goods three or four years before the nft craze and 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 thing happened so so it was um so i I was pretty much doing that uh full time uh before nfts come along and then all hell broke loose
0: how were you making money like how were you making money before the nft boom
1: oh drugs no uh
0: (laughs) which drugs
1: (laughs) (laughs) um now I, I mainly made money uh through either selling prints on the side when it comes to digital work, so that that was the only way you could really make money uh through that or or like some commission work as well um but uh before that I also i'm also a web developer so i was I was developing websites as my main sort of income so yeah so I was kind of doing that for for uh, for a while and then yeah nfts came along and and it kind of uh pretty much uh, and that sounds drastic but it pretty much turned my world upside down pretty quick
0: Mm, understandably and i think for many for many digital artists it was um it was like the timing was really interesting and sort of perfect really and you were anonymous before NFTs. It wasn't something like a persona you took on for NFTs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to keep it separate from my painting, sort of traditional art career that I was did for uh, over a decade. And I kind of wanted to, to keep it separate and have a kind of... Because um, it was very different to what I did uh, with my painting. So my digital work actually became something else and it was a new persona. And Did you feel kind of freedom like, with that? Yeah, like the freedom that came with it and just doing digital work in general was a big freeing experience for me because
0: mm.
1: I kind of, even though I love painting and and making stuff, um, and I still do, but uh, there was this kind of wonderful thing about digital art was that well, it's a bit of a perfect storm because I lost my studio because uh, I got priced out and big price hikes and stuff. London, yeah, London. It's
0: basically is nuts. It's
1: mm-hmm. like it, it, you pay rent. It's almost like what well, you pay rent on an apartment. And so I kind of naturally just write Well, I've always been good with computers, being a web developer. I've played with these programs before, and it was kind of just a natural step. And it was what I loved about it was that obviously it was clean because I couldn't, you know. Be in my bedroom and and paint and stuff. It's too messy. But also, like, um, I love the fact that there's an undo button. You know, you can like make a mistake, and it's all kind of uh, a lot more controlled.
0: I think it's interesting. So you were you were like in this uh, studio. You kind of got you didn't get kicked out, but you chose to leave because the rents hiked up too much. And and then and yeah, and then NFTs were sort of happening at the same time. And then the pandemic just sort of came out of nowhere so there was this kind of like perfect storm really you were you were evolving as a digital artist had created this persona that was giving you freedom and then suddenly headlines were saying digital art is really valuable it was just everywhere nfts were everywhere at one point and i think the Beeple sale of 69 million kind of came just after i discovered nfts but there was already some some people uh, auctions that had done mad money and were were sort of infiltrating sort of art newspapers and stuff but that massive sale for people was a really big moment and um that so discovering nfts i can imagine similarly to me was just sort of mind blowing and and a lot of learning at the beginning to kind of figure out what people are talking about and where do you get information and who can you trust and like all, all the anonymity and like pixelated pictures on Twitter. Like, who are these people? What is, what is everything? It was
1: crazy. It was a crazy time. I mean, we were literally just like, what the fuck's going on? What is this? Do you, do you do you know anything about NFTs or?
0: When you first discover it, it's like, okay, digital art can be worth something. It can be scarce. Okay. I understand it. And then two weeks later, two months later, you're like, oh, but that thing that just looked like a rotating pixelated coin that I thought, you know, somebody was selling as a visual thing to own, actually unlocks like a whole community that help each other, you know, in trading or something. So th- there was all this sort of layers of learning. How quickly after you discovered what NFTs were, were you sort of minting and putting art onto the blockchain?
1: Pretty sure it was OpenSea. Minted three or four artworks on there, and uh, that, they were luckily enough picked up. By um, a collector who who focused on OG sort of like first mint editions type thing.
0: But let's talk introduction to the NFT space. Did it feel um, less snooty, for want of a better word?
1: Yeah, I think there was less barriers to break down. I think yeah, there, there was there was what I quite liked about it is there wasn't at the time anyway <laughs> a bit different now but like there was less cloak and dagger about it it was like here's my work here's the price everyone can see the ins and outs it's all in a blockchain you know buy it you know sell it on for profit that's great i get royalties everyone wins it's kind of like that well in the more traditional art world it was it's less about that you can you don't talk about money it's a dirty word it's all very cloak and dagger. You can't approach a gallery. You have to kind of plant seeds and, and make sure you get noticed by a gallery or collector, um, which is, is, is similar to what is now actually in the NFT space, but at the beginning it felt very kind of more open.
0: Less, ru- less rules. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a new it was a new thing. Uh, yeah, it, d- it didn't feel like it was any rules whatsoever. It's a bit of a wild west
0: in terms of where nfts are now like if you were an artist that was interested in nfts or if you're like i've been approached by a few of my friends who are on instagram who are getting these scam dms saying i really want to buy your artwork as nfts do you know what an nft is um if you were an artist getting those dms but you were like i gotta learn what these nfts are because i've just been hearing about them now for two years what what sort of would you give any advice to artists coming into the space? Would you advise artists to play in this space during a bear market? Or would you tell them to wait until uh, until more b- bullish kind of scenario?
1: I would uh, advise them if they really wanted to get into it and really interested in it and, and um, believed in the in the future of it and stuff like that. Would maybe you don't even have to believe, but but like I, I would I would suggest yeah, like now is the time to 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 play because it's different to. What it was, because now I feel like there's a lot more room to experiment. So if, if it's great if you're just starting out and there is no pressure like like there was before, like um, I mean, there's still pressures like to sell, but but if you're just starting out now, like y- you've got more room to experiment, you've got more time. I think there's more breathing room than it was before because I think at the start it was. 100 mile an hour like literally I mean I didn't sleep I mean I was I was like up to like two or three in the morning making work because I just felt like it because being in the UK based as well like it's all an American time so it kind of felt like you you had to become a bit of a night owl to to really kind of uh be awake really uh, to, to what's happening have fun, experiment, and yeah, just, 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 just mint some work. Don't even try not even to think about it too much. Um, and just, just put it out there and then don't worry if it doesn't sell mint more, just keep on going communities there. There's lots of artists still there that kind of are very open and yeah, just, just, just reach out to, to artists and, and you'd be surprised how you know how open everyone is and yeah accepting so i think it's, now is a good time if you're just starting out i think
0: it's a, certainly less pressure to learn things quickly
1: it's a lot easier as well it's a lot, there's i mean when we first started there was no manifold there was no way of of really minting your own contract um the
0: the tools are so much better now, yeah. So much, and, and there's so many different kinds of interesting ways you can release artwork as NFTs that weren't available when when we started. But also, I think um, the headlines that you were seeing, um, the ease of selling work is not there. You like, I I always hear so, sort of saying, "Oh, I can't post every day on Instagram," but then I and then I say that's okay, but you're not going to grow on Instagram if you don't post every day because that's what the algorithm wants to see. So if you're getting into NFTs and you want to sell NFTs to the NFT community, not your existing community and try to onboard everybody to what an NFT is, you've still got to participate in those communities. You've still got to post on Twitter. So there's other things that come with that and you might not get a sale. I remember speaking to a person that lives near me and he said, these... So he was talking about the Baud Ape Yacht Club, and he said, "These," um, and it was just after Eminem bought one, which I think sort of got talked about everywhere, didn't it? Because it was just such a big, a big, a big artist uh, jumping in that community. And 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 he said to me, uh, "You're doing these NFTs, aren't you?" And he said, "Can you teach? Can you teach me how to do NFTs, or can you teach somebody in the family that's an artist how to how to do NFTs?" And then there was just one statement that was very telling, which was like yeah, I've seen people buying these these monkey pictures, like people will buy anything. And it was those that people will buy anything thing. And I, you sometimes hear that in the art world, actually, where people are like, like, my kid could do that. People will buy anything. And it's like, well, if they will buy anything, get red paint and splatter it across a yellow background and see if you can sell it. Because I reckon you'll find it really, really hard. And I think it's with NFTs is the same thing. It's like, mint your artwork, sure. But you don't just mint your artwork, walk away, make a cup of tea, come back, and somebody's given you half an ETH. It's It's like the exact same as building a social media presence, exact same as like getting noticed by galleries, exact same as sort of, you know, having enough of an audience to sell prints to. You've got to kind of sell your story, you know, give something. I think there has to be something for people to you know be interested in whether that's your trajectory or your process or whatever it's like you've still got to tell tell your story a little bit maybe we'll see echoes of 2021 again where the the hype of the nft market and crypto market really at large is is on a is on a is so hyper focused on one particular space which is art that we will be able to mint talk about it on twitter for 24 hours and then get your first bid that would be lovely, but I think I think we're we're seeing a sort of settling down. But I don't see like NFTs are dead. That that's what a lot of people are saying. I don't see that as being the the tech is going to go away. And artists are no longer going to mint art on the blockchain. I think it's much more likely that we'll start to see similarities to the traditional art world in in the sense that you have to build an audience that wants to kind of support you. Do you see it as like selling physical? So for example, you were selling f- uh, prints will you try to get, like, would you you try to onboard people through social media and say, like, do you want to, um, can I help onboard you to NFTs or do you just think the time will come?
1: I I think the time will come. I mean, I've tried to, I mean, like you, uh, like yourself, like I experienced lots of friends and artist friends that wanted to get in NFTs. And then, I mean, I would explain to them how to do it. and, And most of them would be like, what are you talking about I, I don't understand a word you're saying um it's all too technical and other people that kind of did end up minting and they just walked away they posted it once or twice on twitter and then and then and then nothing it. and like you were saying it's 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 a lot more work than just minting something and mm. it would sell it is it is very similar to I mean, it's just you know in real life life isn't that you know that easy is it no. and uh, you are we are slaves to the algorithm um but um as as for um sorry what was your question again
0: i guess like onboarding trying to onboard people because i've seen i've seen artists do that and i was just wondering in terms of going forward like you you've really gone down uh, the digital path and if nft slows down to the point you know where you're like oh you know what i I have so much of a body of work that I've been creating in the last two years for NFTs. I might sell these as physical prints or maybe you sell them on digital screens, which is becoming much more of a thing. Would you then like be trying to like onboard people like I'll help you set up a wallet and stuff like that? Or or do you think it's just the, the narrative of NFTs is, is sort of damaged so much that you just sort of have to, have to sit back and say, you know, here's a print and don't talk about NFTs because people don't want to hear it, you know?
1: It is. I, I have to say, uh, it, it is that more the latter, um, in a sense that I think, because NFTs, it, it's it's a dirty word now. Like it's it's um, it's used to to like it's become a bit of a meme in itself, is not it? And um, and I think trying to onboard new people, I don't think that's going to happen until it becomes seamless like you won't even know uh it's a digital it's on the blockchain it's an nft it's kind of it'll be all in the background it will be as simple as like literally just clicking a button on instagram or something and go yeah i want to add that to my collection Mm. um and i think there was there was talk of instagram doing that but that's all become very quiet at the moment but i feel like further down the line i think that's kind of the way it's going to be and i don't think there'll be it will be just a digital asset and if you want to own it and keep it collect it sell it uh move it around whatever mm. um and and like you said the example of, of a patron sort of style of things could be one element of that um as us artists or, or like startup projects um, but I, I, I do think there's too many, even now, like two or three years down the line, I think there's still too many barriers, technical barriers for the most kind of people that are just used to like having it easy. Because it's all about convenience and, and, to you know, people are used to just ordering an Uber or food comes to their house or Amazon Prime. It's, it's got to be that easy for, for it to become mainstream everyday sort of life sort of thing
0: there's so much stuff you have to do to get to the point of pressing by that and and the thing is it's on the blockchain so it makes sense that we're going to pay, pay and exchange digital assets for digital assets you talked about like the barriers and i think like there's also like there's those tech barriers right the the wallet the the knowing what like what blockchain technology is the the fact that the digital sort of there's a digital sort of footprint from when it was created by the artist's wallet and then it gets transferred and then that transfer is is sort of proof of ownership all of those kind of things like as we're talking about it i'm sure that there's going to be people that are listening to this that are not into nfts that are going to sort of be tuning out by this point but i think the psychological barrier is the biggest thing where it's like The psychological barrier of things being limited that are digital is massive because we've grown up ever since dial-up internet. Everything has been free, so like the only way the music industry could survive is by having streaming, which is free music basically. But you know, the the artists suffer. But it's the only way it can work because otherwise it's just free and the artist gets zero. Do you know what I mean? So I I think like the psychological thing is like how. Can this picture on the internet, how can that be scarce? Right-click, copy. How, how is it that when I right-click, copy it, and it goes onto my phone that I don't own it? Because I can look at it every day. What does an NFT do? I don't understand what an NFT does. If it's art, I can just look at it. I can just look at it on my phone. So it's that thing of like, when I bought my first NFT, something clicked. I was like, oh, I own it. Now I can, my, my wallet is plugged into this marketplace and I can sell it. So I-, yeah. I you know something clicked, and I think perhaps it's like years and years and years away, where it's like FIFA has NFTs, and you're playing your computer game, and when you start, when you when you get your EA Sports, I mean EA Sports are already entering into the space with Nike. Um, so we're going to see it. We're already seeing it in Fortnite. It's going to be wearables, but those wearables would be limited once. And also, that, that this was always like a funny thing was like the utility of the NFT is is price goes up because everyone was always like, well, what does it do? And honestly, like 85 95% of the, the space was like, I don't know, they just go up in price. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Where they don't that? do anything. So so I think that's the thing is like once NFTs are working and doing stuff for a whole generation of pl- people playing games, for a whole generation of people that are um, messing around on, on AR, on vision, you know, Apple's vision thing. I think then you start to see like, oh, okay, so you're wearing digital clothes. That's cool. Can I put those clothes on? No, 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 these are my clothes that, that another one of these clothes doesn't exist. You know, so those, those kinds of things are going to be really slow. You remember like people paying with checks, how long it took to phase it out where it was still like people were still accepting checks and that's like but you know and and we a shop i worked in we still accepted checks but it was such a faff it was like why are we still doing this and it was because our clientele was a little bit older sometimes um but yeah i I think that's like a nice a nice roundup of nfts i think what i'd like to talk a little bit more about now is you is sort of your work in detail which obviously you sold as nfts and which has Attracted a lot of attention in the NFT space from different communities, and yeah, and and just like you being this elusive kind of sort of anonymous per- like person um, that doesn't talk a lot on Twitter, um, that doesn't do interviews like this or hasn't done before. Thank you for doing this one. Um, you, your work is is. Very digital, like, like I when I got into NFTs, I was sort of jealous of, of digital artists, natively digital artists, because I was like, your work makes a bit more sense as NFTs, and it sort of doesn't work as well outside of NFTs. It works, it, it is displayed on the internet, it's displayed on screens, it's displayed digitally, it's made digitally. It makes sense that it should sort of uh, exist and get traded digitally and stuff. So, um yeah, the work is very sculptural, gloopy, blobby, grotesque. There's an element of kind of like ugliness to it, but they're always like beautiful, beautiful colours and like these kind of like nice shiny bits that are very elegant. I don't know, it's like a real mix. What? How would you describe that kind of clash of beautiful and not? you know uh, and and not beautiful
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks I mean um what I've always kind of been interested in in kind of the balance or or hitting the the spot in between beauty and and the grotesque and I think they're pretty much the the they're pretty much they're very much similar to each other if not the same I find you know something really beautiful can also be quite grotesque in a way and and vice versa and so it's just hitting that spot of of something in between that kind of makes you feel slightly kind of uneasy like there's something very attractive about it and very alluring and very kind of lustful about these physical melting forms and stuff um uh, but at the same time there's something quite off about it and quite Quite you know, as as you're saying, quite gr- gr- grotesque and and um, uh, something uncanny, uncanny kind of about it. And uh, so that's always interested in me. Uh, even when I was in my painting days, the, the, they looked very different to what I do digitally. But but it, there was always I was always interested in in the other, the the, the hidden or the something that wasn't quite right, something off, um, and something a little bit kind of. Enticing and stuff, and so that's, that's always interested me uh, when it came to that sort of thing. And uh and then the physical element of it when I when I uh, when I was at art school, my paintings were very physical and and sculptural and and full of big layers of thick paint that I'd scratch into and stuff. And so yeah, when it came to digital work, uh, the the sculpture element of it. Um, and, and and I I what I really liked about it is that I'm kind of kind of obsessed with with the white cube, the, the white space in a gallery. And I, I'm kind of, I, I, no matter how much I try to uh, stay away from it and, and try to have like uh, a painting almost edge to edge, I can't help but put frame or have an object within a white space or any sort of space. And I think that's kind of, I don't know, I I, I don't know where it's come from, but I feel like maybe... I, I I miss the kind of white gallery space that that I had with with painting and, and traditional side of things and then I kind of felt like that maybe that's kind of uh I've kind of dreamt uh, uh it's almost like I'm dreaming or fantasizing about having these, you know, just exist in a gallery. It actually exists in a gallery or it's in a really space or in real life, and and, and so I think I, I, with a lot of my digital work, I find I kind of I want to uh, kind of um, co- kind of make it feel like it's real um, and it's sitting in a space, and it's almost like these things do exist, and I kind of like that idea, but obviously they they don't, and they're kind of we kind of crazy especially with the, the new AI stuff, is you know, how to re- replicate that uh, in real life. But, but yeah, so, so that, that's kind of, I, I found, and, and all this stuff kind of happened very naturally. I didn't even think about it. And that, that's why, what I experienced doing digital art for the first time is that I didn't think about, and I think that's always, I didn't think about what I was gonna do. I just did it. And I think I always find that art is at its best. When you don't even think about it, you just you have this urge to do it, and you have that freedom to just go and create a a weird drippy man or something like walking along. And I didn't have to; I didn't have the weight of history of painting on my shoulders or anything like that. It was new.
0: You're placing these digital objects into like this this gallery space or this this um gallery space i think is it's a space that where you demand attention from the viewer to view this as fine art i think that the presentation of whatever it is on a plinth or behind a gallery or on a stand that is reserved for fine art sculptures immediately demands that from the from the viewer Uh, and I think that's a really clever way of, uh, positioning the work to, to separate it from other digital art where it's like, this is commercial or this is, this is supposed to just impress you visually. It, it sort of cause, it it sort of demands a pause from the person that's looking at it to consider it in a way that they might consider it if it existed or if, if you were in front of it at a gallery, um you said that you wanted the work to make people feel uneasy, but also that like there is an element of um, rawness and, and self-expression in, in creating those things. Do you have feelings of uneasiness within that you're trying to sort of bring out in the world and, 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 sort of manifests in in a visual way if that makes sense
1: yes uh, the, the short answer is definitely yes I, I, there's a lot of uneasiness um uh that that it, i find because I, I, I from a very early age uh kind of suffered from uh social phobia which uh, and i i i mean i, I went to school and had to quit i was had to be homeschooled from an early age because i couldn't leave the house basically so it's, it's a bit like agoraphobia but i just couldn't interact with with the, the, the real world and so how,
0: how long were you homeschooled for uh
1: from the age of uh about 13 14 till till 17 um and so i didn't really leave the house uh until I was heavily medicated (laughs) then uh and then kind of kind of just had a fairly normal life after that and went to art school and and went out and did you know young what young guys did but um yeah there's always been a sense of being an outsider or not connected with society and I've always struggled with that and I still suffer now like i still find it hard to leave the house quite quite regularly um and if i'm going through a bad patch and so so this is why like uh selling digital work or being a digital artist is kind of feels quite native or natural to me because it's i'm so kind of uh in my own kind of mind and and world and 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 i suppose that the computer screen for me at times is the my window to the to the, the to the mm. rest of the world and stuff and um and so so i suppose in my work it, it must i mean i didn't really think about it too much but but it, it kind of manifest you can't help but manifest s- you, yourself into the work at some point and 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 i, and I guess that's where the uneasy that the, the sense of otherness um kind of otherworldly kind of feeling to a lot of my work Mm -hmm. and uh the grotesque ugly side of things that that that, that's probably the fear of other people the fear of, of of myself uh and what I project um and and a lot of it's kind of superficial and the fear of what other people think of you and so all these kind of anxieties and fears uh my therapist knows all about (laughs) probably more than uh, i do i I don't think i don't know if she's seen my work or not but i think she'd be quite interested in it but but it it, it's it's it kind of lends itself to to all of that and, and um it touches upon those those subjects i feel but it's very subconscious
0: thank you for being so open about that kind of stuff I think it's not it's not easy if you look at some of your earlier pieces on foundation they are sort of melt- melting uh masks shiny melting masks on these uh figures and that makes a lot of sense um seeing as you you have dealt with uh social phobia um and masks are kind of like, through the history of art, I've, I've sort of fascinated a lot of different artists. Have you always had like a fascination for masks, tribal masks, and um, yeah, those kinds of things?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I always find, um, if you ever you know Gillian Waring's work, uh, she did a, uh, a series of of photographs where uh, she would just put a, a mask of herself on herself and f- photograph it, and I always find that more uh, interesting because it's kind of like a mask that is her, but there's something quite not right, something quite off about it, something quite uncanny. Um, and so, yeah, if you, I would definitely check her work out. Um, she uses a lot of masks, and her her, her work is a lot about self identity and 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 what it's uh, in society and and how people kind of pretend to be someone else uh or or a version of themselves and and that can lend itself to obviously you know being on twitter and instagram mm. you're, you're you're not yourself you're a version of yourself and
0: the, showing um, your, the best parts of your life because yeah, you're ashamed to show the mundane or boring or sad or yeah. you know, hard, hard parts of your life so
1: yeah, yeah. So some masks have always been very interesting and yeah and and, and yeah like more traditional masks are are fascinating and a threat history that they've been used to to pretend to be someone else or Mm, or
0: or invoke spirits and yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah, like literally you know become yeah exactly gods i want to understand more a little bit about social phobia and i want i wondered whether like whether getting older like having these kind of feelings of maybe fear about society or society's reaction to you or do you feel being older do you feel like those were founded in reality like like do you find aspects of society grotesque
1: yeah for sure i mean i think as as i've got older um i won't say my age but (laughs) but uh, definitely, I feels like older. <laughs> are you older I,
0: or younger than me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. How old are you? Um,
0: uh, let's not
1: go <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Uh But um, yeah, as I've got older, I think I've I've managed to kind of, kind of like not put it in a box, but kind of just I've got a I've got a place to put it, and it uh, those feelings and thoughts, and I, I'm a more aware of what they are. Uh, when I was a kid I didn't know what was going on and and, and also like this might be showing my age a little bit but there but was times when uh, when I was at school we did there was no anxiety wasn't even talked about like mental health wasn't talked about it was like oh you're being a bit weird why aren't you going to school you need to go to school there was no like there was kind of like there was a lot of um kind of like oh let's 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 get a doctor to speak to this kid sort of thing he's a bit shy but I think if, if, if it happened now I think it'd be very different there'd be a lot more talked about anxiety and you'd be given the time and and stuff and and so, so I think as a kid I, I didn't know and I to be honest I still <laughs> I still don't know I'm still working on it I still don't know the root causes of it but um uh I think it probably I need another 10 years of of therapy probably i don't know but but um i know it's there and i think i think it's it's worse now as in more of a general sense because of social media that uh, people are a lot more aware of of um these thoughts and feelings, because it's it's shoved in your face constantly. Like people's perceptions and and uh, image, body image. Uh, you got to look a certain way. T- TV's changed a lot since we're younger. Like, I mean, for example, like if you remember Big Brother UK, Big Brother the first series. Everyone looked normal. There was ugly, short, fat. You know, there was, I was, this, I've
0: part, been getting. I've been getting early big brother on tiktok for some oh, reason yeah. and because i'm like <laughs> oh i remember that person and i watch it through that's told tiktok that i all i want to see now is yeah, big oh, yeah, brother. The old so problems. um so i keep getting it on my feed and um yeah just seeing like normal people yeah it like, was great it was i mean great but also looking back on it it was like this person's not acting normal this person is being sort of like tortured by not oh, yeah. having things that they should have access to like oh, yeah, going for a torture. long walk and seeing <laughs> like, camp, some trees it? it's essentially a, a prison camp and it and <laughs> yeah. it is designed there's challenges there's things that it's designed to make them go loopy and then they put in people that they know are not going to get on with each other it wouldn't be fun if they were all just like Hey, this yeah. is cool. Let's just sit and talk about yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: was pretty awful. It was it was bad, but I suppose just the people, uh, the way they look. I, I know what
0: you're really saying cool. now. I, just, no, I get. You.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, but it, and it was it was great TV. I was a bit obsessed with it when, when the early series. But but then you compare it to like now, who Love Island, Love Island, like yeah. and everyone yeah. and every program like that is uh, supposed to be reality type programs. But every program like that, they're all cookie cutouts and 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 so you're kind of bombarded by this image and i think it's it's got worse um and it it's just a lot of people just i don't know it's it's hard to compare yourself and you can't help but compare yourself even though logically you're just like well most people don't look like that so stop it but it's it seeps in and yeah you, you can't help but sometimes feel inadequate and stuff
0: well, you, yeah, you show you show a child superhero movies, you know, a couple of hours later, they're like, I'm Spider-Man, you yeah. know, and, and, and I don't think when we get older, there is a part of us that's like, you know, I know I'm not supposed to be like that, or I know I don't need to be like that, but why am I like this? It's just that, that's the only question I think. We're, see, we're seeing it with like young people and the the feelings that they're having from social media that people are presenting themselves but i do i do hope that culture and mainstream culture flips organically it feels like what we found with youtube was like vlogs became a thing and then vlogs that were presenting life's you know life as this perfect picture were a thing but then that kind of got saturated so then people wanted more authenticity so they wanted shakier cameras and and real stories and and a couple of people that like just do normal things were able to get a lot of attention emma chamberlain was one of them she would just like have coffee and talk to the camera um and that was it like there wasn't it wasn't too much pretending but i, I haven't watched st- stuff for a while on youtube in terms of that kind of stuff and i know i know that there is still an element of that and I, and i make content and i know that like sometimes i will you know if i if, if i was filming a selfie video and i was talking and and i thought okay that that was pretty good I, if there's a nappy on the floor behind me which is a complete reality of a young parent of a i'm not a young parent but a parent of a young child um having a nappy on the floor like that you forget about after changing an nappy is a thing. Maybe that is me. Maybe people are going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe you don't put it straight in the uh, bag and bin and whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's fear of judgment. I think that's a massive part of yeah. it. Like, I mean, most people don't make content because they don't want to. They're, they're scared of what people will think. And it might not even be what the mainstream people outside of their circle think it might be what their friends think because they know one of their friends is the person who goes you are so cringe and that's all they need to just never make content again um and they know it's coming so they don't they don't put themselves out there i think yeah it's hard because the way that promotion goes and i think it it must be like that for you it's like i don't you know maybe you don't want to keep posting on social media being the fact that you're an anonymous artist that you don't have to show yourself and just can focus on the work is quite cool it's quite like refreshing everyone's "Oh, show the process show this it's like nah just here is the work um it's
1: a bit of yeah it's a bit of a double-edged sword i think there, there is part of me that kind of uh uh, a, bit, a bit you know jealous jealous well maybe not jealous is the word, but like I, I kind of envy like say what you do is like your face is out there you have your personality out there and sometimes part of me is a bit like oh kind of I kind of wish I, I kind of felt like that'd be quite freeing for myself but so but at, at the same time there's also freeing to be anonymous as well so it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I, I do find that that people when it comes to art do like to know who the artist is, you know the, their personal life and stuff. Um, so it can be a bit of a. It has a cool element, and I there's uh, definitely sides of it I really enjoy. But then there's other sides when I look at the artists, um, and see how open they are, and they kind of can show their everyday lives, and and they can show themselves going to a gallery or doing this, and I'm kind of like, oh, that's. I kind of like to do that. I think think the grass is always greener, isn't it, when you're looking at other people's yeah. I was I was
0: sort of jealous of anonymous artists in the NFT space because Hmm. um, essentially you have a blank canvas to create a persona, a public-facing persona,
1: sure, um,
0: where you can be very contrary, you know, and you can accentuate that to this to the point of cartoon character, which I think is is interesting um and or you can be just elusive and not say a lot and I, you know some artists they that, that made them much more interesting i think x copy is one of those and puck
1: from the art side of things i think there's always been an interesting it's always been quite interesting mysterious uh, i mean you just look at banksy for instance like mm, yeah. it, it, people just latch onto it because no one knows who he is. And, and as soon as uh, people find out who he is, um, like, you know, I feel like it's over for him, like almost because it, it becomes like, it's part of his artwork, isn't it? Part of his art sort of move, kind of like, yeah, persona. And yeah, his art would, would not be the same if he knew who he was. It's
0: not interesting if you know who he is. They found who he is. Basically, they think they know who he is. There was loads of r- rumours that he was a singer of Massive Attack and then there was the, there was basically this reporter that placed this person, like all of the pieces, there, there was a Brist- Bristolian that was moving from London to Bristol and back and forth and to different parts of the country. And every time that they were sort of doing these things uh, or, or seen or spotted or whatever, there was New he's appearing um and they like found that it could be this guy from Bristol who's like in his 40s and his name's Robin and it got reported about and the name came out and it was like no one wants to know like no one wants to no know one. you know what I mean it's yeah. like telling somebody the end of it does like I was gonna use a rubbish analogy <laughs> telling somebody the end of six cents before watching it that's not really it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like it it affects it kind of is just not as interesting than this like mysterious character that appears at night and puts up these huge stencil works and you know just has a has a real ability i mean what do you like has a real ability of connecting to the public um mm-hmm. in this kind of very like quick to understand pun kind of way, what do you think of Banksy? First of all, also I'm, I I have known you a while, and I know that there was a rumor in the NFT space that you were Banksy. Do you want to talk about that, or should we move on? What do you think of Banksy?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a bit of a long story, um, but the shortened version is it is there's there was this kind of community on on uh, NFT community um, and. Uh, it was an nft project i won't i won't name them but but it, it was the funniest thing that's probably happened to me in you know i don't know uh, in my in your nft yeah yeah like the whole nft thing and um and so th- it was this typical conspiracy theory connected dots sort of thing that only the internet could ever Curate. and it was yeah yeah and twitter and and so this community kind of connected these dots and this um with like an early um uh an artist did a did a uh uh some fan art of 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 my uh earlier work blob one of my blobs Mm -hmm. and he was part of the community and they all connected the dots and if they they kind of assumed that i was part of something of, about that project. Um, but then (laughs) I don't, I don't know how, I can't explain it, but then they, the rumour started that I was, I was Banksy and I thought I was Banksy and, um, it kind of blew up and suddenly they started to, to buy a lot of my work and, and I, (laughs) Was I went on their spaces and I was listening to them and it it was hilarious and I didn't know what to make of it and but yeah it kind of in the NFT space rumors it's all about it was a lot of it was about rumors and any any little bit of smoke will start a huge bonfire it would just a light and it would just pump so everyone so so. If anyone here got a sniff of any sort of rumor, mm. it was spread so quick, and yeah, and that's yeah. what that's what I experienced in f- first hand. And it was it was the funniest thing, and uh I couldn't believe what was happening. Um, and but it it, it was very short lived because <laughs> because it was such a random thing. And then so so what happened was I was. Uh, quite popular in this community. And then I quickly became pretty much that pretty hated uh, in the community no, because I um, I just randomly, this is how the Twitter algorithms worked. I kind of was scrolling through and I noticed uh, people in this community were buying this other kind of NFT project. And I thought, oh, this looked kind of cool uh, and 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 it was all about like riding the, the wave when it came to collecting these pfp projects mm-hmm. and so I, I thought oh that looks okay people will buy I'll, I'll buy like that it wasn't much and i got it and unbeknown to me there was uh, a split a divide in the community um and they decided to go to separate ways and buy this other project go into this other project and join this other community.
0: So they kind so, of became rival projects.
1: Yeah. And so and I, you buying went, that
0: was showing I, allegiance to the other project. Yeah. And I tweeted oh about
1: it and That's I was so like, funny. hey, look at me. I bought this. And then I just, as <laughs> says I posted it up. And I was like, like the comments underneath was like, you know, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> like, you traitor. And I'm like, what?
0: What have I done?
1: What? Well, I just bought this silly cartoon what are you talking about like and um yeah and so i i i it it was quite it was the good and the the ugly uh side of things and i quickly discovered that that i was getting quite a lot of hate and and the fudding and i heard things like they're gonna floor my work and sell it cheap cheap and stuff like that and and so it it went from being kind of
0: is that directly it's, to you, or sort of you were reading about it on Twitter? Uh, reading People about it, and, and,
1: and also some comments directly as well. Um, but but it it was a real insight in in the, some of the culture with these NFTs communities and projects, and like I, I don't regret that part of, part of it because yes, I, I got a uh, got hate from it, <laughs> and unfortunate circumstances. But also, sometimes that, that some of my best supporters have come from um, that community, and they still, to this day, are like the first ones to, to like anything I post, and I'm just really grateful. And it's just, it's just a, a kind of like a, a I'm quite thankful to the to the to the kind of Twitter conspiracy sort of gods in a sense because it it was such a random event um but it opened up loadball collectors to me and and they still support me now which i'm really grateful for um but it was quite an eye-opening experience um and just and it just highlighted how how crazy and stupid the space is as well
0: it's a reality of of the nft space which is that um speculation drives price action and and that's quite fun if you're at your computer looking at lines go up and down and and you're playing into that. I did a bit of degening, um, buying and selling NFTs like NFT trading. And I remember it fondly, other than the fact that it took so much of my headspace to to, to keep my attention because there was so much happening. Yeah, I just I found it really fun at at times and I kind of discovered it late, very much towards the bear market. I would I would be playing a little bit. Um with this ethereum that i was getting from selling stuff um which didn't necessarily feel like real money um because i hadn't converted it out into real money yet yeah i just uh, i i played and i just i just uh i found it very fascinating um in the way that just the speculative market and things that would influence the price it was a lot of sort of hearsay and oh this person's bullish on it so they they usually are right or there was a point where like Gary Vaynerchuk buying an nft would literally moon the price of an nft i just i felt like he was very much playing in the space he was supporting artists he did some um spaces where he was sort of highlighting artists that he had bought um which was good for the space and good for artists so i think um yeah, I guess I'm just saying, like the, the the buying and selling of NFTs as a culture was something that I found fascinating and and really enjoyed participating in. But yeah, it was a mad. It was kind of like a mad, mad time. Yeah,
1: it was it was, a, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. I mean, looking back at it, I do yeah think of it quite fondly. It was, it was exciting, but also extremely extremely stressful at times. Yeah, uh, when you kind of wake, first thing you do is wake up in the morning and you check
0: Checked how much low life, prices.
1: That, that, <laughs> that kind of dick butt was worth or whatever it was called or uh, I wasn't lucky enough to buy one of those but they like,
0: did well it, it, they did very yeah, well yeah
1: they did well yeah that was a bad example but um <laughs> yeah it was just like yeah and you check and you think oh no it's down and then you get the hot sinking moment and um but then when you, it's ups you think you're some sort of genius or something but really it's kind of a lot of luck um and but it there were it's, it was fun days. I, I, I hope those sort of days will return. Obviously, the market's very different now, um, but but it it was um, the, the enjoy of collecting, and 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 kind of keeping your ear to the ground to these sort of things. I wasn't a, a big collector, but I, when I did collect something, I'd I always be quite excited about where, where it could go. Um, I've got a I've got a dead fella um and uh i would always be interested in what they're doing next and and there were some real legit projects out there that who are building something i know it's a cliche and you hear this kind of word building all the time mm. but there are some that are doing it and then others that were just literally buy and sell opportunity type thing um but yeah like I, yeah there were exciting uh times I still look back at it as kind of a feeling of nostalgia and and craziness I'm saying like it's all over it's not but it's just it's just that feeling of like those times I don't know if we would see those sort of times again
0: I think it's possible that we see another cycle um, where there's a lot of excitement and some of those metas reappear inevitably our belief in blockchain tech is there uh, I don't think we would be participating in the NFT space if we didn't believe that blockchain tech is kind of an important development in the yeah. way that internet, the internet is going to work, and and things online and uh, on the blockchain. You know, proven scarcity of digital assets. I don't think is going to go away, but there's a lot of work I think that needs to be done, and I don't mean like we all have to work together to change this. I I just think like it's time. And it's evolving slowly and it, it's very similar to early internet, you know, a lot of the kind of things that were happening in the early internet, you know, didn't last and big kind of big players kind of defined um, that technology.
1: It's still so new. It's, it's hard to predict what, what what NFTs will be in five years time. Like, I'm not saying they won't be around, but like, what people's perspective on on digital assets and and certainly you're right like as as a digital artist it's more native it comes it, it, it i mean it's not it doesn't have to be for everyone i think um it will be because collecting art is a niche thing like it, it, it so it's not it's, it's not going to be like oh everyone will collect NFT. i, I hope it will be more accessible I, I suppose that's one argument isn't it is not it? NFTs will, will potentially, or digital assets, potentially uh, for broader audience uh, collect art. So like collecting art is for a very small percentage of people, like painting's quite expensive thing to buy. And obviously, you know, people can buy prints and it's, that's more accessible. So so maybe like it, it, collecting NFTs, it, just, it might broaden its horizon as in more people who wouldn't collect art are now collecting art and i think that's that's i've seen a lot of people on twitter say this like i wasn't into art i never collected art before and now since nfts come about i'm actually really into it i'm learning about this artist that artist and now so 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 i feel like you know that that could be more the future of of, of things. It's always, it, it, I think, the NFT space is, is it's one of one of the biggest struggles when it came to to art. Well, is how is it displayed? How is it how is it kind of enjoyed or, or and, and and we can obviously uh, most of the time through Instagram or Twitter. That's how it's digested, but but when it comes to like you know people from the outside looking at it or or um kind of in real life in galleries i think i think digital art has always struggled with how to present itself in 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 real life um i, I think that's why it's it, the digital art uh, art world has kind of always shunned digital work quite a bit because it's something that's just on a screen it's like and i think uh, uh, uh hopefully what's come out of this is that over the years i think ways of displaying digital work has improved and i think that's 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 one of the barriers that we're facing is how to display work because i've seen some awful kind of (laughs) ways of of some of these kind of art shows
0: yeah and nft london being nft the yeah
1: that's the, the famous one where this mm. kind of is exposed and it's just a tv screen on a some cheap stand and sitting in some sort of hallway
0: it's like the thing and that and the, the very, teacher used to repressing. wheel out and show you science videos
1: yeah yeah really bad and so i think it's it, it's still struggle. we haven't i think with digital art i think if you're if it's a moving image or you can project it and it, it's and that's why i think you you see a lot of um uh art, a digital art world that's doing well in the in the in the traditional art world are moving image artists with big projections and it, it kind of it's a lot easier to present but as a more static sort of image uh, still image sort of artist um that's still quite a bit of a problem and i mean i, I personally still prefer prints um to screens uh, when it comes to displayed in, in in a setting but but um but yeah i, th- I think that's always going to be a bit of a stumbling block um but as new technologies kind of arise ar and different ways of, of consuming art digitally mm is we're we're at a kind of a very interesting period where it, it could very much change with AI as well it's it's all becoming kind of um yeah I, I think we're probably at the most interesting times technology wise
0: definitely with the advent of AI how long have you been using AI as a tool like like for your personal work rather than just playing with it to see what the tech is
1: um i started uh well i started playing with it uh probably about probably about a year ago uh with dali um because straight away because i've always been uh interested in technology and i was like this is crazy sort of mind-boggling you know uh, sort of technology where a computer can create an image i mean it's funny how quickly people can just get used to the ai because it's everywhere now but like back then when it first i think it was back in 2017 i think there was there's kind of this these first images started to appear and the the actual concept of a computer creating an image you know an original image is is uh, incredible and um so straight away, I like I was playing around with, it and then I didn't really start making. I didn't really start making work, as in I would feel comfortable saying it's work, uh, till like uh, probably about seven, yeah, six or seven months ago. And then I started sharing uh, AI stuff because I, I was just got to a point where
0: was like, that I couldn't... still on Dali, or were you using different? No.
1: Uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of found it a bit too. It wasn't getting the results I was I, I wanted, and so I started uh, using Stable Diffusion, and that, and that's when I was like, right, this is. I tried Mid Journey, um, which is the most famous one, people most popular one, um, but I found it. It wasn't it, the look of it was too, samey. Like I, I, I felt like if I if I see a Mid Journey work, I kind of. I feel like uh, I, I I recognize it, and it's probably because I wasn't quite using the tool right. But but so, but it was Stable Diffusion, I started using that, and I was like, I was getting results pretty quickly that uh, that I wanted. And uh, after months of playing with it, I kind of felt like I just had to share because because I've kind of got of a bit of a love hate relationship with AI because I I did. Resist it for quite a while
0: were um, you worried was it more about sharing it and being worried about the backlash which was sort of happening across reddit etc about uh people yeah. artists that use it you know people were saying boycott them um all this sort a of a little stuff. bit uh,
1: yeah yes and i i kind of was fighting that because i i had sort of reaction to ai I was i was very torn i was kind of very much like this is amazing. Conceptually, this is fascinating. Mm. Um, like computer makes art. Um, and it's not just a robotic arm scratching something, which we've seen for last couple of decades now. Like mm. art has been using it. and that's fascinating, but it's this is actually something creating something. I was very torn and at my gut instinct was defensive and a little bit angry. <laughs> I get like about ai because i was just like this does feel like cheating it doesn't feel like you know being an artist is all about the process and and stuff but that, that's very much the gut reaction but at the same time i also fought against that personally because i was like this is too uh, not in the word radical that sounds but th- this is so destructive this is i, I always always thought always fought like uh if if it pisses people off including myself it's there's something that is doing something right like if it pisses people off in the art world then this is interesting and I've never seen a reaction like it you know there's been plenty of movements in the art world there's been backlashes I mean zombie formalism was like a, a big phase and then it got got flooded on and it was torn down to pieces in the traditional art world i've just never seen a reaction like this it's the amount of anger um and i could understand the anger i i felt angry myself but then i just thought well i've just got to become this this is this is happening like if you like it a lot ai art, ai in general will be in everything it'll be parts it'll be entangled in everything we do and, um I just kind of felt like well maybe I just need to play with it and embrace it a bit and leaning
0: into the uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and you, like yeah similarly to nfts because people were true. up in arms yeah. about um nfts in 2021. Yeah. yeah
1: and 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 the results I was getting at uh the results of some of the images that was, was being created I couldn't ignore it anymore and it it became like almost like I became kind of jealous of the AI in a way because I was the process I use I because I, I I didn't because there's a thing called raw prompting where you just you you type in straight into the AI and they create an image and there's a skill in that as well like as a tool and an artists have been using that but I, I, I was always like I need some sort of process I like I need to create something first so it's so my process with ai would be i'm a 3d artist so i sculpt create render digital objects um or i use some older older works that i've already got then i piece them together in photoshop so i, I kind of became like a collage artist in a way and thought right i'm going to feed this into the ai and see what happens and there's a, there's a thing called image to image where you upload your image to the AI, and then you put in a prompt, and then the AI will will, will develop almost like these set of images using the, the visual image you've inputted, and and there's lots of uh, settings you can use and and to play with it, with with that, and um.
0: And is it only using your visuals as inspiration, or is it still using a catalogue of? art
1: well it's it's, it's the, the outcome is it's difficult to know but uh, yeah i i've used um my own artwork but i've also used uh, some some photographs i've i've literally cupped and pasted because um, i was like i mean for instance like one of my newest pieces was um uh, bear with me it's called and that there, there is a bear head okay appearing out of all these blobs and i i did use a picture of of uh, a bear, and I so, cut out the head and stuff. Like, a,
0: like taking a reference image from a magazine to paint.
1: Yeah, it's no to different to to a, yeah. a collage artist, or or if you're a painter, you, you look on Google. I mean, like ninety percent of, of paintings, I'm sure, have used references of
0: course.
1: Uh, from Google, and it's, it's no real different to that. And it, there's a real big argument about copyright for AI, and that's that's a whole another subject that's quite you could go on for talk for hours about that but mm-hmm. but I always kind of felt okay with it because I, I I felt like the way I'm processing it I'm creating an image that could be in itself like before even going into the AI an artwork but I I, I wasn't interested in that I wanted the AI to be almost like my collab artist i wanted it to be my like my, working
0: with another artist yeah mm. and
1: and and it got to the point where it was creating images that i couldn't ignore like i i i, I felt like the, in my head i was like these are the images that i wanted to make when i was doing 3d stuff like and it was more of a technical uh, boundaries for me to to, to create these works, and and I don't think I could curate these works in uh, if I was to do it like digitally in a more traditional method, because the it, the imagination the AI has, and I know it's not I don't know I know it hasn't got an imagination. It's an interesting, but, yeah,
0: it's an interesting word.
1: It's, it's something that I can't even like. Uh, even begin to, to des- describe how you would even start um and
0: what do you mean to begin how to start to, 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 to explain t-
1: yeah to explain it or even to begin to like i don't think there's anything like it i mean the only thing i could like it to is um if you you're working with a printing press and you're you you create this process on a plate and you never quite know what it's going to turn out like because there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be smudges, and mm-hmm. so until you put it in the printing press, you don't, and it comes out the other side. You don't quite know what it's going to be like. And I think with AI, I, I kind of get that similar experience and excitement of it produces something that you have no control over. You, you can try to control it, but it's there's elements of it of like I can't even fab, I didn't, couldn't even think about putting that in or so there's a massive shaped.
0: experimental uh, yeah. aspect
1: to it when i lose myself making work that's why i do it is it the the end result is something else entirely it's like once you've got the final image you kind of like you kind of put it up and you've done and then i'm more interested in working on the next thing than and mm. then the process of doing it again so i think to me it was always important to have that process and 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 I found it more fun i I, I don't find it f- i didn't I don't get any enjoyment out of just prompting and creating it there's enjoyment of creating an image out of prompts I'm sure but um but I felt like I would get bored quite quickly if I did that.
0: um did you feel so, yeah. like if you were doing that and they weren't looking like they were kind of created sort of by you? that there was some inauthenticity there? Do you feel like um, by putting your own work in, um, it felt a little bit less? Because people that were saying to me, like, I know the prompts and I'm really good at making prompts and everything that's coming out is exactly what I want. I just didn't believe it. I I didn't believe it. And I I, I find your approach is a lot um, more refreshing because you're saying, I don't know what's going to come out but i'm trying to collaborate to the point where i you know i'm surprised and i enjoy it because i'm surprised but also that it feels like um it feels like it's an expression of me like it's it's my art mm. it looks like my art it's a another step forward from what i've been doing previously
1: yeah and i i think it's the 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 randomness uh and the and the, the the moments of chance. I mean, even in say painting, Mm, the best bits bits are the happy mistakes or the random drip or, or, you know, the, the, the bits that you didn't intend to. And so I think when it came to the AI, because with digital art, there's a lot of control. Like you have all all control and you can make anything you like. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can just hit delete or undo. Like there's no, there isn't there often isn't there's, there's there's chances of of mistakes happening of course but um it's with ai it's less
0: flawed isn't it it's less flawed yeah. than the drip of a paint or um because you're you're sort of saying create this floor you're in control of the floor whereas by now adding ai you're not in control of the floor anymore yeah. and it's and yeah. it's like sparking that same thing i, sure. I remember i was painting spray paint with my left hand so that I so that I would get the most naive line. And I also like when the paint kind of comes away so it gets like wider and then go right down to the canvas or the the wood or whatever I'm painting on. And then it goes and it kind of hits it and then creates like a little burst and that's that starts dripping and and um, yeah, like- I remember like putting some process video on social media and getting like two or three comments of people going like, you really need to work on your can control, man. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of not the point. The whole yeah. point of it is for me to to get surprised by that line and allow that line to guide the next 20 minutes of work that I do. Um, and it, is, it, is it becoming a relationship with the AI where you're like kind of like knowing or expecting what it's going to do or is it still surprising you and then also do you get that thing where you're like is there a conversation now happening where you're feeding the ai the ai feeding you and then you're feeding it back Does that yeah I,
1: yeah i think it, there is definitely some sort of uh almost talking to each other in a sense i mean it's like if you're collabing with any other artist there is that kind of um even if you make work separately and then you put your work next to each other, they, they start speaking to each other in, in a certain, some degree. And yeah, and and yeah, and, uh, yeah it, it does. Like when I start building up images uh, before putting it into the AI or feeding it, like I have this, and I have a notion in my head now that I have this idea in my head. It was like, I think the AI might like this. Like it's kind of like, yeah. this is going to look cool. I'm sure I've got this, I feel like it's, I'm know it now like I, I feel like I'm I'm almost um getting to know it and he's getting to know me um and yeah I find that really really interesting and and sometimes I create uh something in Photoshop or um, digitally and I, and it just doesn't work like I put it in and the AI just got – it's just having an off day like and, and it feels like it's like how us humans do have an off off day of like Oh, I'm in the studio and I'm painting and it's just not working. And I have well, maybe like- you're
0: maybe you're having the off day, and yeah, you're probably. and you're like, whatever you're doing with the with the, with feeding the AI, you're like not doing it in a way that's like, um, yeah. something you know. Yeah, yeah, it, I, yeah, It's fascinating.
1: It is, and and it's, um, and I kind of I suppose I have a bit of a romantic view on on the ai uh maybe i need to get out more but um <laughs> like it, it it's um like I, I think i've heard it being described how the AI, ai works is is like it's almost like it's it's like it has this memory like as you know you have the database that everyone um it's a bit controversial it's controversial and people argue against the copyright side of things but it it, it it, it almost acts like the human brain does that we consume images all the time, and then when the AI kind of wants to create an image, it's almost like has its own memory and it's trying to recall and recreate that that artist or or that picture or that that animal, and it and it ends up creating sometimes <laughs> often often uh, especially in the early days often quite something quite horrific mm. and horrifying
0: which um you would, you would like
1: <laughs> which i like so that's why i kind of like well oh, this is i mean i was some of the work that i saw other ai artists produced and i was like well this is like horror um you know it and, and i was kind of gravitated towards it and and these kind of grotesque images but um yeah so i kind of liked that kind of kind of i suppose a bit of a romantic view on an ai um uh it's just it's 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 almost like it's trying to be human or trying to trying to um recreate or element elements of of human human life and and objects and just simple things like a vase for the flowers it it, i think i've seen somebody do do flowers and and it's kind of
0: failing a little bit like yeah, flaw, if, flawed which is human flawed
1: and mm. and i think that's where it's quite interesting as in i think it will get to a point where ai will be it will be perfect like almost and you won't be able to tell the difference and i think that's where um it would be less interesting for me as an artist to use that version of AI. I, I really hope that AI uh, keep the older versions so artists can use it because I think that's that's where the AI has been best when you know it has ten fingers <laughs> so mm. on a hand you know, and they try to recreate what a human looks like and it looks off. But um, for me, I would always veer to something that's slightly flawed or failed, like we were talking before about. Mm the mistakes the happy mistakes that happen um when you're painting or on stuff like that mm.
0: yeah I, I it leads it leads my work that like i i i need it i need the flaw i need the line to be imperfect i need it to feel authentic for me to even continue so i i got to the point where i would scribble on the page before i started to make other marks because I could feed off that mistake. So I'd like force the mistake, but it would still aesthetically feel loose and and real enough for me to make the next mark. And that sounds a little bit like dramatic or whatever, but it's, um, it's the way that I learned to enjoy the playing the most and that usually ends up with the best work.
1: Playing and creating almost every artist should create their own rules with while playing a game because, and then in so it just you kind of lend yourself to mistakes and flaws and and stuff and but you, you kind of have to stick to these rules otherwise, you know, um, you end up can you can end up with something completely different. So it's almost like you get to know this game you play when you have got an empty canvas in front of you. You know, if I do this, that, and that, you know, and use that certain brush or spray can at a certain angle um you know this will happen that will happen and yeah it's just just open openness to mistakes and and um that's where ai became kind of quite exciting to me um and opened some doors in in that sense um yeah and i just find it fascinating and where i have no idea where it's going to go next as in like
0: how fast it's going so fast now i think that that's the conversation is now like a lot of the conversation I'm hearing from people that know a lot about it is like, when, when do we get, when do we get actual, um, I can't remember the term Lex Frid- Friedman Fridman talks about it a lot, but it's like the moment when consciousness the singularity. singularity yeah. yeah. So that's the conversation. If that's the conversation, then, then almost, you know, in a year's time, these visual tools that we're using are still going to be naive in comparison. Um, and it's going to be very interesting. I think. What do you think of like these sort of doomsday? Do you think it's just engagement farming, and most people don't really know anything about AI, or do you feel like there is legitimate cause for concern? Uh,
1: no, I think there is concern. Like, I think it's 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 hard. is I've I've listened to various podcasts and and uh, and people talking about it, and and there's there's obviously positive sides of ai that will you know i mean for me personally like just small things like i'm pretty dyslexic and it's helped me write Mm. Uh, i I could i it's it's for for me it's like a tool that's so useful Mm. i wish i had it when i was younger and stuff like that but um so things like that and it would be extremely helpful but but i've i've heard people say we've kind of uh, fucked up a little bit because we've kind of opened it up to the internet and it's all open sourced and it's mm. like it, the Pandora box is open. Yeah, And so when you hear stuff like that, you think, ah, oh, shit, have we, is, this, is this like the beginning of the end? Um, and some people do say that and, and, and it kind of, the, the, the they said that we've kind of lost control um, and they warned us, not to put it open to the public, it should have been behind closed doors and regulated. Um, but no, it's a free for all, and it's there's no turning back. That's the thing. It's it's it feels like.
0: I feel like a cat lot of the, the look at is out of the bag. I think a lot a lot of people create a narrative around it because it works in short short form content to have very dramatic views about it. Um, but our relationship with You know, with technology, we've always sort of put the like, tried to make technology do what humans um, do. And AI maybe is going to be something kind of totally different. I think, um, I think the worrying thing really is like people losing jobs. I think, yeah, it's, I think it's an. I think if you're going to make money out of it, it's easy to have the thing of like, oh, well, you know, we've adapted before and new economies will emerge. And I kind of subscribe to that, but I also don't... I find it interesting. I I sort of feel tired by the discussion. I thought it was interesting that like everyone became an AI expert... (laughs) <laughs> that was an NFT expert. Yeah, they're all
1: like and, and then like, an expert on the Ukrainian Russian yeah. war. And it's like, oh it's what? Like, hang on, is that the hang same You're guy an expert in anything Bitcoin? that gets clicks.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um I feel like, yeah, so so I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to talk to you. I feel like we could talk for a long time um about a lot of other aspects, but I think we've touched on some really interesting aspects of your work and who you are, like, who who is behind this Peter the Ro- Roman name, you know, there's a person behind it, uh, and that person is creating art that does actually talk quite a lot about themselves. I think that's an interesting thing to put out there because you haven't really put that out there yet. I would, you know, hope that this discussion and this conversation causes people to take a look at your work for the first time, and for people that are aware of who you are to take a closer look at the work. Um, I've been staring at this blob that's got this light kind of going and I'm seeing like, (laughs) oh, there's a face there. Oh, there's a face there. (laughs) And then I'm imagining I'm talking to this, um, this this blob.
1: (laughs) My moving mouth, just like,
0: yeah, there's this like bit where the light hits the bottom side and it looks like a nose and mouth. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of, I'm I'm talking to this thing. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope people take a, a close look at your work and I, um, and I've had lots of fun talking about yeah, uh, our experience in NFTs and AI and and you and your work. Um, I really yeah. enjoyed
1: chatting to you. And, and thanks for having me on, Dan. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no problem. I'm going to put um, links to your social media in the show notes um, and in the description and all those things on the different platforms. And yeah, thanks again. I'll, cool, I'll speak to you soon. Bye <laughs> bye. Cheers. Bye <laughs> right, right. bye. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to follow our guests on whichever social media platform you enjoy using most. Links are in the usual places. Links to all my social media accounts can also be found at the bottom of every single page over on my website at danielcrossan.com. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please leave a review and even consider sharing the podcast with a friend. Special thanks goes to Low Fox for producing the music for the podcast. Thank you very much again for listening. See you next time. Take care.